Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. And my guest, who I am thrilled to welcome back to the show, is Cindy O'Keefe, VP of Marketing and Business Development at Guerrilla Logic. Cindy, thanks so much for coming back on the show once again. Sure, it's great to be back here. So now last time we talked about how you and your team use agile methods like month-long sprints and story points to be more organized and efficient and, for example, to be able to better handle projects that come up unexpectedly. And in fact, there was so much to talk about that we sort of ran out of time, which is why uh, it's, it's so awesome that you're back. So picking up from where we left off, let's talk about the agile concept of the minimum viable product. Now, I get how that works in software development. You release a version of an app that basically works. You get feedback from users. You fix the bugs, release version 2.0, and so on and so forth. But how do you apply that concept in marketing, say, for example, in publishing a blog post or another piece of content? How does that work? Yeah, great question. So we want to make sure that we have manageable chunks of work. So in in the case of marketing, an MVP might be just defining an audience, or it might be writing copy or something. So for example, we do account-based marketing. And I know that we have a big project going on in this sprint. And in Trello, the card that we have for that, the parent card is a big card, but then there's all these um, child cards, which are the, the smaller breakdowns. So looking at it, we have a card about doing an audit on the accounts that are maybe not being as responsive in the last sprint. Do we want to keep them or do we want to delete them? We have a card in here really about planning and launching what that content, what those ads are going to be. Another card about keyword setup. Another one doing some analysis about engagement scores. So there's several cards spread out amongst my digital ops team, the marketing analyst, and the content team that'll all come together to create this new campaign. Does it also involve like putting out a blog post and then revising it, getting feedback on it, sort of like you would do with software? Oh, uh, let's see. So the a blog post would be, so the feedback part usually comes a little bit later. It might even come in the next sprint because we you know, have to give something enough time to be in market, market to evaluate it. With the blog post, those kinds of cards are more about working with the software engineer who writes the post, because many of ours are written by our own software engineers. Oh, and okay. so they'll, we'll work with them to kind of hone in on what the theme is and help them maybe shape the, the flow of that. And then they'll write it. We'll take a look at it. There might be a little bit of editing and, and those are all cards. And then there's a separate card about actually getting that blog post formatted in WordPress and publishing it. And then there's another card where we do review all of the blog posts that are in market for a certain month because they do get bonuses for the posts that that have a lot of likes and shares. Ah, And so there's a card about evaluating that and then acknowledging those authors and giving them their bonuses. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. What's the advantage of having developers write the blog post as opposed to copywriters? Right. So first of all, we like to be really transparent. That's one of the the things that makes Gorilla Logic special is you know who these engineers are, you're, you're comfortable working with them. And it's also a way to showcase our talent, to showcase their expertise, to showcase they're passionate. They are writing posts about things that are interesting and important to them. And sometimes that could be something really technical. And other times it might be 
more about the Agile process. For example, a post on, do you need a scrum master and a product owner? I know we have a post on that. We have posts uh, written by some of our Agile experts on remote uh, program increment planning, which is for those in the Agile world, that's kind of an interesting topic. Uh huh. That's, that's a very interesting strategy. And I imagine part of it too, is it gives these posts a real sense of authenticity. Like this is Absolutely. coming straight from the source, the people who actually do this. Absolutely. Yeah. So now, of course, in marketing, it's crucial to really understand your audience so you can align the content with what they want. How would you say that agile techniques help you do this? So agile techniques really help us align the content by keeping everybody on the same page. So in that, that Trello card, we can see this piece of content has this particular goal. It's going for this kind of an audience, answering these types of questions or in this particular place in their, I don't want to say buyer journey, because I think that implies that we think it's linear. And, and at this point, we all know it's not. But we do have some sense of maybe where they are in the funnel. I mean, you know, if it's just awareness, or they're really in more of that discovery. And so that that helps keep us honest about what that content is. And, and going back when you're talking about blogs, for example, we actually have three sort of categories of blog posts that we use internally for measuring and thinking about the content. And one of them are these very, very technical posts. And their goal is really for potential gorillas, people that want to join us to really showcase our talent and get them excited about it. It's a fun sort of personal branding for our own gorillas to be writing and having this out there. And occasionally we do have prospects that go in and just check out the blogs because they want to get a sense of that talent. So we have those really technical posts. And then we also have posts that are more about how to, how to like the business side of it, how to achieve business outcomes and, and those sorts of things. Like when I was talking about the remote PI planning blog post. And then there is a third category that really is more thought leadership mm-hmm. um, that is geared towards a different audience. And what audiences are those geared toward? The thought leadership would be more of that decision maker. So for our personas, we've got some personas that are senior, very senior level tech execs, people very involved in engineering, in the technology side. We also have some that are very senior around digital product development, digital innovation, and so for those kinds of things. Okay, excellent. Now, the Gorilla Logic sales team wrote a blog post lauding the marketing team's adoption of agile methods. And we, I, I referenced this in our original discussion right. and, and put a link to it. And I'll put a link again. It's a really good blog post. And one of the points they made is that one of the benefits of you guys using agile methods is that it's helped marketing and sales collaborate better. You know, it's helped your working relationship. And that's really important, right? Aligning marketing and sales is crucial and it's not Mm -hmm. easy to do. So how has Agile helped you you with that? We have a lot of clarity about what we're working on and what we can deliver and what the intention behind everything is. So, for example, right now we are building out our SDR team. And so it's really important that that team has what it needs. And so we have cards around writing nurture campaigns, around onboarding, all sorts of things related to that SDR team. And so we're very clear about what that team needs, and they're clear about what's going on. It also means 
if we have some unplanned work come up, we can have a lot of visibility. We, we need to do this unplanned work. What are those trade-offs? I know I don't want to trade anything off for this SDR work because that is very time sensitive, but there might be other things. And so I can maybe trade some other things off sales might not even have any visibility to, or I might want to go to them and say, hey, we need to do this thing over here. Is it okay if this other thing waits until next month? And so mm-hmm. we just have these very pragmatic conversations about prioritization. Okay. And, and, and Agile helps facilitate those conversations. It sounds like it just kind of puts it all out there on the table so you can all see what's going on and just communicate in a, in a simpler way. Yes. And so it's all visible. And the other thing is because it's in these sort of very manageable chunks, there's a lot of clarity and sort of precision about what those trade-offs are. It's not just a matter of, mm-hmm. oh, we can't do this whole campaign. It's a matter of we, we won't be able to get this copy written until next time or whatever, because it's, it's not usually that the whole thing has to come to a halt. It's one or two bits of it maybe that might be traded off. Right, because like we discussed last time, part of Agile is that you, you can really break down campaigns into their constituent parts, the exactly. copy, the graphics, and you can kind of move those parts around in a very right. agile way. It also means that if we want to trade something off, it doesn't mean that you sort of holistically have to trade off one whole huge project for the sake of something else. You might be able to postpone one little bit of a project here and one little bit of another thing here and, and find that time that you need to do this unplanned work. And so the, yeah. the, you can sort of spread it out a little bit so that it maybe doesn't have as big of an impact on the other things. That sounds so great. I mean, the better marketing and sales are aligned in any organization, it's just going to be to the benefit of the whole organization, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I used to work in marketing at a large company, and our marketing sales were not very well aligned. So I I talked in the first podcast that Agile, there's definitely the the ceremonies and the process and, and all of those things and the tools, but there's also the mindset. And the mindset is really around this, highly collaborative, flexible, communicative way of of moving forward. And so that infuses the way we even interact with the sales team. For example, we have a weekly marketing meeting. We have have a specific agenda. Again, a lot of transparency. We talk about, we ask them sort of what they're seeing with the leads that are coming through to give us some color as to the quality of those leads, what makes a good lead, what makes one that's not so good, so that we're really aligned in understanding that. We're sharing the metrics on how we're tracking with our leads and MQLs and SQLs year to date. We talk about the opportunities that have been created and what made those possible. And then what are the things that they need and the things that we're working on? So there's a tremendous amount of alignment. So the things that they are getting are are the things that they really have prioritized for us. That's great. I mean, that just sounds so smart because not only are you producing material that's valuable to sales, but just for the morale of both teams, right? So you know, like we're doing good work. We know for a fact because they're telling us this is valuable. This is useful. We're not wasting our time. We're contributing in a really valuable way. Yeah. The other part of that that's really important is 
sort of this authentic candor and knowing that we're talking about sort of the business and the business challenges and it's not personal. And Mm. so there can be times where I, I have an exceptionally great relationship with my head of sales counterpart. And there might be times where he goes, wow, Cindy, the leads this week were just, they weren't so great. What's going on? And I don't get defensive. I don't, it's not personal. And I look and I go, yeah, it definitely was slower. We're taking a look at that. We have some ideas about it. We'll get back to you. Or, you know, or explain maybe we made a a change in market and we're just waiting for the search engines to catch up or something. At the same time, I can talk to him and say, hey, there's been a lot of good leads coming in this week. And, you know, you guys aren't jumping on them as fast. I'm just making up examples. But sure, we do have this very – that's actually him pinging me right now. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear <laughs> There you go. But that is part of it because if you take sort of that per- personal sense which I th- and sort of the finger pointing, which I think is where it can often go wrong. And, and, and in this agile world, it really is this coming together to collaborate and do something amazing. And that's how we approach everything. Yeah. Well, sounds like it's working out well. So now finally, for listeners who might want to kind of dip their toe in agile methodology. Now, last time I asked you about this and you suggested begin with a short daily sprint, meaning the team members go around, say, what did they work on yesterday? What are they working on today? What are the obstacles? Just real quick. So everyone's kind of aligned. So let's say we have listeners who said, okay, we tried that. Awesome. We love it. We want to continue on. What would be the next logical step? Oh, that's a great question. Just a little terminology check. It's actually a daily stand-up. Ah, daily stand-up. Okay. Right. My, my bad. So, so the sprint is the chunk of work that you're planning out. And I mentioned before that for us, it's a month. I think it, it might be interesting. A next step is to use some kind of a tool, whether it's a Trello board. There's There's free versions that you can use when you're just starting out. Or maybe you're just using an Excel spreadsheet and you have a column of, you know, to do another one in process and another one done. And maybe in the beginning of in advance of a sprint, you you work with the team and say, okay, what are the things that we want to get done in this sprint And, and work on breaking them down into those those smaller chunks? So like we were saying, it's not. To complete the blog post necessarily, it might just be to draft the blog post, depending on how complex something is. And then just as you go through uh, that sprint, you, you pull stuff to in progress, you work on it. When it's done, you move it and done. And you can kind of use that as your gauge when you're in your standups to notice what is moving, what's not moving. Do you have blockers? How the team can help support you in that. And then at the end of the sprint, to do a retrospective or a retro where the team spends time saying what worked, what didn't, what will we do differently next time? That's pretty simple. And I think people would learn a lot. The teams would get a lot of interesting insights out of it. I I still am a really big fan of getting some training. The agile Sherpa's training was great and it just gave, it got everyone really aligned on, on this agile mindset and gave us a really good sense of how to use the tools. Agile Sherpas, right. And I put a link to, to Agile Sherpas too last time, and I'll, I'll put one again. Sounds like a great resource. Well, Cindy, thank you once again for a really great conversation. Really interesting. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's fun to talk about. 
That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.